Cold Stove Podcast. Happy Friday. I'm your host, Brett Merriman. On the screen in front of me from Parts Unknown, the one and only NRD, NHL Rumors Daily. NRD, what is going on today with you? Happy Friday. Happy we Friday. are back. Another week, another episode of the Cold Stove Pod. Couldn't be better. Weather's getting a little nicer in Parts Unknown. We oh, might yeah. have to uh, break out the clubs soon. I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I opened up the... Uh, the studio curtains today usually it's in this like dark box and they turn on the the studio lights and it's all you know all hoity-toity studio time over here at wash media no i turned the lights off today i opened up the curtains i got the i got the the light coming in from outside it makes me want to golf nrd I'm trying to get i haven't golfed yet this year it's such a it, i live in austin fucking texas like i should be doing this all the time cold stove golf outing we might have to parts unknown we might have to um Speaking of cold stove golf outing, I'm golfing next week, Bally High in Las Vegas. Might have to, uh, I'll, I'll let the cold stovers know where, where we're at. A little bachelor party action. Uh, but no, I played hockey last night, NRD. Second game since I came back from the rib injury. Some call it a break, some call it a bruise. I, a hairline fracture, I think, suffices. But uh, down the middle. Your boy last night, NRD. Five point night. Five point night in a big win. For Team Lavaca Street. I'm just saying, don't let the boys get hot. Off the floor, on the board, Brett Merriman. 15 and 5 regular season. Can't complain. That's we can we can work with that. Playoffs start. We got the first round by. So playoffs start after next week. We is this one of those is this one of those leagues where everybody makes the playoffs? Uh we have six teams in our league and everybody makes the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, see, that kind of sucks. You, I mean, you're belittling the regular season. Yeah, well, we get the first round by. I'll take that. All right, so there's a little bit in, there is, of an there incentive. Is, there is like, an incentive, but yeah. I it's, would and just, then, like, it, I hate I hate when rec leagues, like, they don't have, it should eliminate teams. This is not a participatory thing. Teams get sent home. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. But, I like uh, a little bit more and cutthroat. It's, and then it's double, it's like the Little League World Series is how it works. It's double elimination, so... That I like. I'm fine with double elimination. It's hockey. There should be playoff series. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the everybody making the playoffs thing. Then just just don't show up for the games. Show up for the playoffs. Stay healthy. That's what happened. Yeah, when uh, when the teams are out of it, it's like, oh, you can still play the, the teams who are eliminated. It's like, uh, we need nine subs tonight, boys. <laughs> doesn't doesn't really go so well. Anyway, that's, uh, that's my beer league hockey update. Team Lavaca Street absolutely humming heading into the playoffs. Big buy next week, get the, get the squad healthy, um, and then come back strong. We'll see if we can put together a championship run in our deal. I'll keep you posted on that. I want to be. I'm I'm invested in this. I'm more invested in this than the NHL trade deadline. Yeah, what's right going now. What's going on? Let's just let's be honest here. Why Why does it feel like we're just, you know, we're kind of like passing the ball? We're playing sewer hockey or or, or sewer fucking soccer, whatever they play before the games. It's just yeah, you know, things are happening but not happening. NRD is that is that kind of the fair way to say this? Yeah, I think it's it's the right assessment. I mean, you're talking about the number one name still in the market is Timo Meyer. The Devils are clearly interested. The Carolina Hurricanes are clearly interested. And yet the most interested party, the New Jersey Devils, still haven't been able to talk to his representatives, don't know the contract numbers, don't know what prospects the uh, San Jose Sharks are looking for. So it's like there's there's a lot of interest. Things are hot, but at the same time, deals are not ready to be made. We were close to one last week with Jake Chikrin and the LA Kings. That kind of fell apart at the last minute. Some are saying contract situation. I had heard Cal Peterson might have been the hang-up in that deal. 
uh, moving Cal Peterson's contract. Arizona didn't want to take on any more money than what they were giving up with Chikrin, and uh, it didn't work for L.A. So that's back to square one. Not saying L.A. still doesn't have a good shot at Jake Chikrin. They're just going to have to come up with a different deal. But yeah, man, it's just, it's been one of those things where I'm not going to say it's boring, right? We've seen the likes of, you know, Bell Horvat and Vlad Tarasenko already be traded, but at the same time, you know, there's there's this pent up, it's almost like a lot of kinetic energy, right? You captured all this trade energy in a glass jar and you're shaking it up, but it, it's not popping yet, right? Like nothing's happening yet. And I don't think anything's going to happen for the next couple of days. I could be wrong. I could eat crow right now on those words. Something can happen while we're recording, but... To me, it just seems like that these teams are interested. They know what situations they're facing with the cap heading into the uh, heading into the trade deadline. Surely, this Bally Sports uh, bankruptcy looms over the salary cap for years beyond, and it and it hurts some players. In the case of like a Timo Meyer, where you're not trading for him as a rental, you have to pay him ten million dollars for the next seven eight years. Yeah, I think overall, like you know, you kind of take a step back and you say, why you know why is this slow? Why are there the things that it, it makes sense. I mean, the flat cap situation, the economic uncertainty, people aren't trying to load their books up, even though, you know, by all means, things should get better and revenue is obviously going to come in. But then Valley Sports goes bankrupt and all of a sudden $140 million that the NHL is expecting is not in their bank account. And so what do you do? And so, yeah, right. And now it's just kind of hurry up and wait or sit on your hands and you can talk deals until you're blue in the face. But if you can't talk to Timo Meyer's reps... Then why are you, you're gonna you're gonna trade the farm for a guy that you don't know if you can sign, especially with the economic uncertainty kind of in the league right now? It's just it all makes sense. And so teams that are up against the cap trying to win a cup this year are are increasingly unable to do so because they haven't had relief in years at this point to sign guys. Like you know, like there almost needs to be sort of an emergency. Hey. You guys get like five million trade deadline dollars to play with. The cap goes up by five mil, uh, or you know, like the off season, ten uh, percent cap increase or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Just make that start on trade deadline day. Why not? How about that? It'd be fun. <laughs> Very unrealistic NRD. But if you did have to say, like, who's who's next year? We're like over the last week, uh, we've talked about Gavrikov, Chikrin sitting out. You know, like. Where do you stand, one, on trade-related reasons being a uh, a reason for a scratch? And two, who's who's next? Like, what where is the smokiest smoke on NRD's little radar right now? So to answer your first question, I don't have a problem with it, and, and general managers don't have a problem with it either. So the only, you know, anger and outcry is from fans saying they're tanking, whatever. Listen, Columbus and... Arizona suck this year and they're going for Bedard. I don't think that's a secret. And at the end of the day, because there's my favorite line, I brought it back for one <laughs> night only at the end of the day, this is a business. It's a business. So you're, you're protecting assets. That's good asset management. You have a player in a, you know, Vlaslav Gavrikov or a Jake Chikrin who's going to be traded. They're not going to be a member of your club in a couple of months. You want to get top return on that dollar. Like, like if you're selling a car, Brett, you're not, going to drive that car off road right maybe you have to use it as your you know from point a to point b car but like if you're selling your car you're not out there going off-roading with your jeep wrangler when you have a for sale sign on it it's asset no. management and that's what these teams are doing and i have no problem with that it makes sense the only i the only kind of 
thing I get from the not doing it standpoint is the idea, like, what if he's actually is hurt and they're holding him out for trade, you know, quote unquote, trade related reasons? Like, what if what if Chikrin has a shoulder that's dinged and is not 100 percent? You know, like there's something about that that feels a little, I don't know, like gray area in a way there's you just you can never be sure that your asset that you're trading for, especially if he hasn't played in four or five games, it's like, wait a second, why are, you know, he's out and it makes all the sense in the world, but there's sort of a conspiratorial like undercurrent here that says, well, what if he's actually kind of dinged and is not a hundred percent, doesn't want to go out and put terrible tapes together because he's not a hundred percent. And then all of a sudden the value goes down, you know? So there's like, an, it's, it's going back to your, your wonderful selling the car analogy. Well, if if the check engine light's not on, but you have a, you know, you you know those brakes are about ten thousand miles overdue, you can still sell the car, but uh, you don't necessarily want to show your your hand, you know. So that's that's my only hesitation on this whole trade related reasons scratch method. But I obviously totally get it, and it's not like even if it wasn't a thing, even if you couldn't say trade related reasons, you just say upper body, you know, or like you know, time off, you know, that you'd say literally anything, personal reasons. And that, and that personal reason is you got to find an apartment in Chicago, right? Like there's all kinds of stuff you can say, but I actually kind of like the transparency, like, Hey, we're, this guy's going to be traded. And it gives, you know, capital J or big J just departed my take journals. Like you and myself, I guess I could call myself a journalist. I do. You, are. And you have a check mark stuff on the internet. You got more than I me. Do. You might be losing that <laughs> soon, by the way. Hate to spring this to you on air. You know what? But Elon, uh, allegedly, from sources inside Twitter, Elon is not happy with the the legacy blue check marks. Yeah. No, that's okay. I'll take that as a badge of honor, losing my check. Back in my day when I had my check. Um, So, yeah, no, I'm I'm not worried about losing that. Uh, Back to the old days, NRD. Back to the old days. Um, And then part two of your, just really quick to answer part two of your question of who's next. I don't think it's going to be Patrick Kane sitting out next because he's just doing cardio out there anyway. He's not really, if you've watched the Chicago Blackhawks over the past couple of weeks, Patrick Kane is out there, but he's, he's well protected. He's nowhere near the play at any given moment. So I'm not worried about Patrick Kane being the next to sit out. I think you're watching Ryan O'Reilly in St. Louis as the next guy. He, uh, somebody tweeted the the show and said, you know, who is, who is this year's, uh, Arturi Lekkinen? And I said, the, the chalky answer for me is O'Reilly. And that's, you know, for those who are relatively new here, I said last year at the trade deadline, whoever gets Arturi Lekkinen wins the Stanley Cup. And NRD, what happened? Arturi Lekkinen won the Stanley Cup. He sure did. And this year, uh, I, I'm going to give my chalky Arturi Lekkinen trophy, the inaugural Arturi Lekkinen trophy to Ryan O'Reilly. Wherever he goes, that team wins the Cup. Um but I said my my non-shocky answer, right? My sneaky answer, if you will, is uh, Sean Monahan in Montreal. Now the problem, obviously, there is that he's injured. Yeah. So does that bring his value down? You know, maybe does he get healthy before the trade deadline? Hopefully, you know, just for his sake, uh, and then for Montreal's sake, you get uh, a return there. What, what do you think about the Montreal Canadiens this year? Do we don't talk about them much just because they're kind of in that rebuild, retool, what are we mode? Uh, you know, I always love St. Louis as a coach. I don't think he has the horses to run with right now. Like, where, did, in your mind, 
what has this year been like for Montreal and kind of where do you go from here, I guess? Yeah, I don't. I don't think Montreal is a bad team. Like they're fun to watch. I mean, Cole Caulfield's sure. out for the year now with his injury. He'll be fine for next season. I saw a stat, and it's well known. I just happened to see it late. I was very late to the party on this one. Cole Caulfield had like fifty-two goals in eighty-two games under Martin Saint Louis. If you go back from when he was hired as the interim head coach to this year, like until he went out being injured. So in a full season, quote unquote, he did have a three-month break in between halfway through but in a full season's worth of games Cole Caulfield put up 52 goals under Martin St. Louis tutelage Marty's a great coach Josh Anderson has developed into a great power forward in Montreal I mean he's we went from Josh Anderson is a laughing stock to Josh Anderson's in Montreal now for Max Domi to Josh Anderson is a kind of a laughing stock again the the the, the butt of many jokes when it comes to you know trade moves and now he's like untouchable. And they have Nick Suzuki there who's leading and is doing a hell of a job of it. Montreal is building something special. I just think they're building things so organically. The only fear that I'd have is if you're Montreal, Jeff Gordon, in the department, president of hockey ops in that role, that was the issue with the New York Rangers. They were building too slowly for James Dolan. So I'm not saying he's not doing the right thing. I'm just saying like, what's going to happen in year three, four, five, six of this rebuild? Like, are we there yet? Like, when are we going to be ready to turn the page? Because these guys are not going to stay young forever. They're not going to stay cheap forever. So I think that's the biggest question mark in Montreal. But as far as what they put together so far on paper, they're fun to watch. They're an exciting team. They're one of the most interesting teams on paper because uh, their paper is so long. Like, you look at their IR. You have Gallagher on it right now. Yuri Slavkovsky, Caulfield, uh, Caden Gooley. Shouts to him. Uh Northeastern Husky. And then you look, you know, Carey Price, Sean Monaghan, and Paul Byron all on injured reserve, yeah. long-term injured reserve. It's like, you know, it's, you kind of feel for them in a way. Like this, this year is obviously a throwaway year, but if this team's healthy and like healthy, healthy, and, you know, maybe I, I, I hesitate to say Carey Price comes back because I just, you know, you don't really know there what's going on with him. But, you know, this team's, uh, at the very least, like you said, fun to watch. And so I think it's interesting moving forward. I think you give St. Louis plenty of time. I think you give uh, Hughes plenty of time to see this through. They have two first-round draft picks this year, three fourth-round, two fifth. You know, they, they get a lot of pieces to build with. And I just kind of wonder, is there too many too many cooks and not enough clarity? How about that for a book title or a a, a, a Nice little segue or something like that. Too many coach, not enough clarity on our team. There you go. I like it. It's the Brett Merriman memoir. The Brett Merriman memoir. The, Too mem- many coach, not the, enough the Merriman memoir. <laughs> An autobiography. You know where I could sell that NRD if I did write the NRD, the uh, the Brett Merriman autobiography? Let me take a guess. Our friends with Shopify? Our friends over at Shopify. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide whether you're selling books like we said or maybe hockey jerseys or or maybe nrd selling rumors on the side just a just a rumor commerce center shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business wouldn't that be funny if you just had a website like it's uh this rumor is like 10 bucks this rumor is 20 cents like you're just like don't give don't give me (laughs) or the people out there any ideas 
Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person point of sale system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. It's packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth. Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn any skills in design or code. And thanks to 24-7 help and extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. Now it's your turn to get serious about selling and try Shopify today. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash stove. All lowercase, go to shopify.com slash stove to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash stove. NRD, I wanted to uh, talk to you, stay in Montreal for a second here. This ties in with another team in Chicago. Patrick Kane the other day was asked about the emergence of Kirby Doc. Mm-hmm currently tearing it up for Montreal. I don't think anybody is surprised by that. <laughs> Maybe the Blackhawks are. And Patrick Kane kind of mentions like, yeah, no shit, he's tearing it up. It's, it's wild what happens when young players or who are talented get the opportunity to like develop and grow and not play fourth line minutes. Uh, shots fired, would you say? Yeah, I would. I mean, Patrick Kane's frustrated, right? And it's, I don't think it's true hatred towards the organization. It's just he's getting older. And he wants to contend. And I think that now he's at the stage of his career in life where he can't sit there and wait for these 20, 20, 22 year olds to develop, 21, 22 year olds to develop. I think three years ago, though, if you told him, hey, the plan is Kirby Doc's going to be your number one center in like three years from now, I think he would have waited. I think it's more frustration with the lack of plan under Stan Bowman and the last three or four years than it is with this current plan. I think he's frustrated, but accepting of what the current situation is in Chicago. I think that frustration, those shots fired, were towards the last few years of the Chicago plan of just load up on, you know, Seth Jones and Tyler Johnson and Marc-Andre Fleury and not have the ability to have these young kids who he clearly knew Kirby Doc is talented and we're seeing it blossom. Yeah, and it's it's always fun to see guys like that who, you know, whether they're, they're being blocked by veterans in the organization or, you know, team GMs that are have dinosaurs that are like, oh, this kid has to earn it, you know, in the AHL, but he could be playing second line minutes with the NHL team. It's just, it's, it's nice to see guys be successful and get opportunities. Now, the flip side is when a guy gets opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. So I wanted to ask you what the path looks like for a guy like, I don't know, Jesse Pugliarvi in Edmonton, who's had plenty of opportunities at this point. The only thing I'm going to say about Jesse Pugliarvi is, like, can we not not against you for bringing it up? This is just my okay. opinion. Like, this is my response to it. Can we stop talking about it? Yeah, this guy's been on the trade block for four years now, and like, it. I does the does the media attention? I granted it's Edmonton, and that market is bigger than people realize when it comes to, you know, attention and whatnot and focus on the team. Mm-hmm. But doesn't he kind of have to do something on the ice to garner all this like hype around like a trade of Yessi Pooley RV? Like he should well, be on waivers. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I think that's the problem with yet. Yeah, like he just is not living up to the fourth overall hype. And, you know, hype is a, is one word. And, but it's just, you kind of feel for the kid in a way where it's, you know, everybody's like, man, we're, we're, 
where's Jesse Pugliard? Why isn't he this? Why isn't he that? He's playing with, he can play with McDavid. He can play on the plate. Maybe he's just not there and needs to transition his game or pick a role or grow like Tage Thompson didn't take off till he was 24. And that's currently Jesse Pugliarvi's age. So maybe it's a change of scenery thing, but how many times do you get a change of scenery or how many times are you going to play with better line mates than Connor Tate? Well, it's just, uh, you know, that, that's, that's part two. And I'm glad you brought it up. You're playing with the best player in the world, right? So right. To, to say that you need a change of scenery, change of scenery, oh, I'm sorry, I'll take that back. Change of scenery I can buy, but playing with better line mates, you're never going to play with a better line mate than Connor McDavid. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just, there's so much hype every year around Jesse Pugliarvi and where he's going and you hear the rumors all the time. And it's like, this guy hasn't done anything at the NHL level. And I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm not saying he can't be a good player, but to this point, I think you're all just talking about hype and potential similar to Vitaly Kravtsov, right? Same thing. Like Kravtsov hasn't done shit. So the fact that, you know, (laughs) people are worried about where Vitaly Kravtsov is going, like to me, it doesn't matter to me. He's a, he's a, roster move dump at this point he just hasn't done anything at the nhl it's a what can you it's, do for me now business nrd it's because we need stuff to talk about <laughs> leave this in Guys, don't, don't cut this leave yeah. this in it's because it's because we and kevin weeks and elliot friedman and jeff merrick and everybody needs stuff to talk about because frankly we're in a period where we're two weeks away from the trade deadline and we're talking about the same shit over and over and over because the dominoes aren't falling yet and all of a sudden, they're going to fall. It's like popcorn, right? Where it's pop here, pop there. And then all of a sudden, boom. And we're going to not have enough time to cover everything. But now, we have too much time to talk to you about Timo Meyer and the Buffalo Sabres and Patrick Kane and his hip and this and that. We're, we're digging into the Jesse Pugliarvi story in Edmonton, NRD. That's how... But it's not just us. Like, I'm going to exonerate us for everybody. a minute. Everybody's talking about it. And if, if that's an indictment of where we're at right now then the league needs like a Kevin Durant to request a trade because we need some excitement. We do. We do. We need the Canucks to continue to just like meltdown, like the nuclear meltdown that is the uh, Vancouver Canucks. And you know what? Philadelphia Honestly, I was just, you took the words out of my mouth. Philadelphia was, Philadelphia has been embarrassing lately. I mean, talk about <laughs> effort. They've been really, really bad. Their, their effort last night against Seattle was crap. I, I just, I don't know what you do if you're the fly. Like you you got to fire somebody. They're like, there needs to be some sort of change, right? Am I crazy for saying that? No, and they appointed a new CEO or CCO or something, CEO of uh, Comcast Spectacor, their ownership group. Dave Scott, the former team CEO, now goes up to team president um, or like organizational president, whatever you want to call it. Like we said last week, and, and Charlie O'Connor with The Athletic, who's well plugged into the Flyers, mentioned the same thing earlier on. I mean, Chuck Fletcher was a bad skid away from being fired, and then yeah. it just never happened. They kind of just regressed to mediocrity and didn't really get any worse, didn't get any better. I still think that move's going to come. Maybe it's an off-season thing now at this point because of that. But yeah, it just it, it seems like the structure in the organization just needs to change. And it seems like, you know, small sample size, so it's nothing to get up in arms about right now, but seems like Torts' work-hard messaging has really fell on deaf ears the past couple of days with their effort in the last few which, games. Yeah, which is always, I, I think we can basically quote ourselves on this, that was going to happen yeah. with a guy like Torts and a team like Philadelphia because that style of coaching really works in a limited capacity. It works like a playoff run, for example. Discipline pissing guys off, putting the team on his, like, you know, 
bringing guys together. But when your team is dog shit, that coaching style gets very old very quickly. Guys are like, fuck you, Torts. I, I don't give a fuck. I'm collecting a paycheck this year, and you are down our ass and, and bad skating us all the time. Like, we suck. You suck. We know this team's not built for it, so why is everybody getting all pissed off? We should be out there trying to have, like play creative, fun, high-tempo hockey, not like defensive lockdown hockey Yeah, when, when we're nine points out of a fucking wild card spot. And it's, to me, I think the best comparison, and I hate to do this to you Flyers fans, I really do. Forgive me, please. I love you. Um, it's Cleveland Browns, New York Jets-ish, right? Because they're just like, there's so much stink from every level in the organization. And the sad part is, it's like they don't have bad players, right? Like there's there were times right. in the Cleveland Brown, you know, the, the worst of the Cleveland Browns era, they didn't have bad players. Like, Does Kevin Hayes stay on this team? So I'm glad you brought that up. Talking to a source the other day. I believe he wants to be in Boston. We kind of alluded to this last week. Shaka, dude. Kid from Dorchester. Um, I think he wants to be in Boston. It's just hard to sell to the Boston Bruins when they have so many other irons on the fire right now. And he's got three years left at seven and a half mil. You'd have to retain that to 50%. And then from there, Boston has to be like, okay, we're not making any other moves. Because it's still, you know, even at seven and a half, what is that? You know, three, six, five or whatever. I don't I can't do mm-hmm. math. Three, six, five, three, seven, five. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Three, seven, five. Um. So, yeah, I, I think it's a hard sell for Boston just because they they would have to forego a lot of other moves that they're trying to make, whether it's Vlasov Gabrikov, you know, Jacob Chikrin, even if they sniff around Patrick Kane or something like that. Not saying he wants to go there, just even, like it, it kind of hampers those moves if you're going to commit to Kevin Hayes. Yeah, I'm going to give Boston and uh, L.A. kind of like the sniff the sniff award, the Bloodhound award of the uh, of February right now. They are They are sniffing around everything that moves at this point. Just to the uh, <clears throat> the Bruins fans and uh, fans of the Cold Stove podcast. Last thing I want to get to before we before we bounce because we just we need we need things to happen here mm-hmm. on Cold Stove. I'm working my phones. NRD's working his phones. We're all in the same holding pattern that everybody else is. So we can speculate. We can say BS. We can make shit up for for clicks, clicks and retweets. But that's not how we work. So. I wanted to ask you about a team we don't talk about much, but has kind of had the best probably two weeks in hockey, and that's the Detroit Red Wings. All of a sudden, Detroit wins five in a row, seven of the last ten, and they're sitting right there two points out of a playoff spot. So if you're Detroit, all of a sudden are you like, hang on, Tyler Bertuzzi's staying, or hang on, uh, Dylan Larkin's gonna get paid or stay. Like, where if you're in Detroit right now, does are you buying into this surge, or are you like, no, we're still not there. Let's prep for the future. Like, it's kind of an anti-Buffalo. Like, Buffalo had a last a shitty last couple of days, and now it's everybody's like, oh, cold water on the Sabers playoff run. They're gonna, they're still gonna sell. They're still gonna piece this together. But Detroit all of a sudden has went from selling Bertuzzi and. Larkin and you know Sunquist and Suter and all of a sudden it's like well let's hold the pump the brakes a little bit. I think Dylan Larkin, not I think. Let me take that back. I know Dylan Larkin wants to stay in Detroit. He yeah, wants to work something out long term with Detroit Red Wings. I, from the last time I checked in on this, I, I believe it's in a holding pattern right now. Mm-hmm. I, I think that this surge has 
turn some eye, you know, raise some eyebrows, turn some heads in Detroit to say, wait a minute, we have, I mean, today's, as we're recording this, it's Friday, February 17th. The deadline's, weeks, baby. deadline's March 1st. We have two weeks to figure this out. We don't have to commit to saying bye-bye to Dylan Larkin today or tomorrow. You know, Bertuzzi is an interesting case. I think somebody's going to overpay for Bertuzzi. I think you're going to move him because you're going to get a first rounder plus maybe for Bertuzzi, as crazy as that is. I th- I, that's that's the price I've heard as well. I, I think teams are going to get desperate enough to overpay for Bertuzzi. So Bertuzzi might be out no matter what, just because Stevie Eiserman, Stevie Bond reps would be an idiot to not take that. But, you know, I think Dylan Larkin is really put forward that he wants to stay in Detroit and that Stevie Eiserman, he's going to have a chance to reevaluate this over the next two weeks leading up to the deadline. What does Larkin end up making, you think? Like, you're making 6.1 right now. He's 26 years old. Does Larkin, is he, like, Which, he's by the a way, double-digit... Really quick, Dylan Larkin's only 26 years old. Which, uh, God, doesn't it feel like he's been around? For, he's like, he's he's on the Jeff Skinner trajectory if you, of, if, like, holy shit, he's been around for. If we just rewinded that and you said, Dylan Larkin, he's 34 years old, I would have been like, yeah. It's about yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's about right. Exactly. He's 34. You look at, like, the next, the next Olympic year, you're like, oh, I don't know if he's going to be... <laughs> but he's 26. Does he hit seven and a half? I think he hits yes. seven and a half easily. I do too. I still, I so maybe seven and a half, I th- eight by seven and a half. Does he, you know, different position in terms of, you know, leadership and everything like that. But like, look at the Bo Horvat. What was that? Eight by eight and a half. So is it, is Larkin less than Bo Horvat? Is he eight by seven and a half? Do they, does he take a hometown discount? Cause he really wants to stay there. You know, somewhere in that seven and a half to $8 million range, I think is Dylan Larkin's wheelhouse. Yeah. I mean, what's, what's the going rate for a point per game player? Eight, seven and a half. I mean, does he does he get the Tage Thompson contract? I was going to say Dylan Cousins, like, right? Yeah, Dylan Cousins, seven, basically the same contract. So I think he gets, you know, long term, and I'd probably say his number starts with an eight. Is what I'll, is what the what I'll I'll land on. Mm-hmm. And good for him. He, he deserves it. Is he the Wonderkin that we kind of hoped he'd turn into? Like, nah, probably not. But is he perfect for that? Detroit team, that Detroit city, that kind of everything to build around. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of leading the next generation of Red Wings. And it's always fun when the Red Wings are good, right? Because that means the league is also good. For sure. What do you think about this Bally situation? We, we mentioned it earlier. So just for those of you who are kind of like maybe Twitter adjacent or a little online, but not extremely online, Bally's parent company, uh, I believe they're called, are they Diamond Sports Group or something like Diamond, that? Diamond, yeah. They're going to not pay $140 million to the NHL for rights to broadcast the hockey games because they cannot. It's not that they don't want to. They are going to be bankrupt. So that means teams don't get paid. That means revenue is all of a sudden, well, hold on a second. This could be a domino effect. And by the way, like, like, Let's not just put the NHL in the in the catbird here. It's NBA, it's MLB. Bally is uh, a lot, you know, very involved mm-hmm. across the sporting landscape. Uh, and and it's kind of an unfortunate trend we've seen with these regional sports networks. So all that being said, if you're the league, what do you what do you do here? Do you you, you take Bally to bankruptcy, or you know what what is the solution? And why does it feel like it's going to kind of be 
oh, if I'm Apple TV, I step in and pay the lead $50 million because somebody needs to to broadcast these games. You know, like what, where does this net out here? Because it's such an unfortunate situation from a, from a 30,000 foot view. I think it's a little harder for Apple TV to step in in the NHL's case. And we are a hockey podcast, Cold Stove, a hockey podcast presented by Watch Media. Um, we are a hockey podcast, so we talk about hockey. But I think in the MLB's case, I think you're spot on with that Apple TV idea. They already have games that they stream on Apple TV for the MLB. Somebody's going to have to take those games over, whether it's MLB TV or Apple TV comes in and produces those games. So I think you have a chance there. I think the problem with the NHL is that that streaming deal with ESPN is exclusive because of the whole center ice power play package that's over there. I think you're going to have a harder time finding a third party to step in. So the the brunt of it, the weight of that is going to be put on the league, the clubs, or ESPN slash ESPN plus slash Disney streaming to take to figure that out. And it's not going to be pretty, right? Because the league, you know, the NHL has no means of production value when it comes to like actually broadcasting games. They don't have a setup like the MLB does with MLB TV or like NBA League Pass with NBA TV, where NBA TV goes out there and produces their own games. Like there's games that are exclusively on NBA TV and it's all NBA TV production crew and everything. NHL doesn't have that with the NHL network. They just syndicate broadcasts of games when they have a national game on NHL network. I think it's going to be a problem. And quite honestly, I think the only answer out of this, the only way out of this is to put it on the clubs, you know, and basically if the league wants to, if they have the means to hooking leagues up, hooking, you know, these clubs up, the league can hook the clubs up with, you know, the production power of ESPN and TNT and their league partners for a discounted rate and have the leagues, uh, have the teams go direct to consumer. Yeah. I think that's probably in this age of, Cord cutting. Mm -hmm. You know, you basically are going to have to have two options. There's going to have to be some sort of cable subscription and going to have to be a separate streaming solution that is not tied to a cable subscription. The fact that you can't watch Stars games on Valley whatever unless you have a Valley subscription on your cable package is hurting the league, right? That, that, and the more we stray away from the linear TV model, the more it's going to hurt. And I think you see it because Valley and, and Diamond are trying to squeeze every penny out of their, their viewers who are increasingly not watching them and subscribing to them on a cable package because they're doing street because they're streaming. I mean, it's, it's, it's just so simple on the surface that ends up being a complicated issue because every team has a negotiation and, it's all tough. It's just like just fucking Sunday ticket this thing. Mm -hmm. Just NFL Sunday ticket this thing. And that and that should be the league. The league should just say, all you RSNs, if you want to have a local broadcast, like blah, 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 blah. Just Sunday ticket this thing. You have to at this point. You have to have that streaming solution. And that's it. That's it. And it's such for RSNs, but they're not providing a product in a, in a lot of cases that match what the NHL needs. And it's I agree. Simple as that. Simple as that. Um, anything else, NRD, before we bounce? No, I think we touched it all. Like we've been saying, you know, we're we're kind of in that holding pattern. We're here for you. Tweet us questions at Cold Stove Podcast. I'm stealing your job right now. At Cold Stove Pod, I should say. I'm stealing your job right now. But uh, mm -hmm. appreciate you guys rocking with us on the Cold Stove Pod. That's okay by me. That's okay by me. One of these days, we'll have NRD host again. Go the NRD solo show route. I would. 
not going to say what I'm thinking right now, but there's many <laughs> other things that I would rather do than do that again, partner. My man, that's NRD, NHL Rumors Daily. Uh, we are Cold Stove Pod at Cold Stove Pod. I am Brett Merriman at Schmerriman, both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, once things heats up, once things heat up, excuse me, we'll get we'll get on your radar more. And we'll be live for the as Cold Stovers. We'll have we'll some live, sort we'll of, do the, yeah. yes. Maybe we'll have Content. some guests. We'll have some fun guests join us. I like the idea of that. Uh, content is coming. We just need the NHL to heat up with us. So we will be there for you when things break. And, uh, you know, if, if something big happens, we'll hop on spaces, lives, you name it. So cold stove, that'll do it for this week. Uh, I'm in Vegas next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we'll get an episode out to you probably earlier than later in the week next week. How about that? Sounds good with me. Sounds good with me. Uh, have a good weekend, everybody. Watch some good hockey this weekend. Go Sabres. And I'll see you guys next week. See you.